This is Joanna DeCellis, editor of Club and Resort Chef. In this episode of Club and Resort Talks, we're chatting with certified master chef Joseph Lenardi, who is the director of culinary operations at the Country Club in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. In 2018, Chef Lenardi passed the CMC exam, but that hasn't stopped him from evolving as a chef. A few years ago, he launched a beekeeping program at the club that now involves people from all different departments, including grounds, maintenance, even accounting is getting involved. He also started a garden on property and is in the process of expanding his knowledge about wine, beer, and spirits with the help of his beverage director. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chef. How are you? I'm doing very good. Thank you. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to the country club. What really led me to come to the country club was I wanted to be involved uh, with a club that was going to host the U.S. Open. There was a lot of my peers, a lot of people that I looked up to that hosted U.S. Opens or other uh, USGA events or PGA events. And to me, it was really impressive to hear what they went through and all the planning. And an opportunity came uh, from the country club. And I discussed it with my general manager at the time, and we both felt that for my next career move that this would be a a great opportunity for me. Fantastic. So how long have you been there? I've been here just about four years now. Okay. So how has the culinary program really changed since you came on board? A few things I would say uh, changed. I would definitely say that the chefs prior to me set up a great foundation, so for me to transition from one club to this club was very, uh, that part of it was very smooth. But I guess um, what I would say is every chef has different cooking methods, different cooking techniques, different cooking beliefs. And it was really just educating the employees that were here on things that I truly believed in, whether it was the way how we seared a piece of meat or just our philosophy in general. I think that was the biggest challenge for me or, you know, the hardest part for me was just kind of getting them to trust me and believe in me and know that I wasn't going to steer them wrong in any direction. Definitely. So what would you say your culinary philosophy is? Cook real food. Don't shortcuts don't help us. Shortcuts actually in the long run hurt us. Be true to the food and, and respect it. You know, don't over-manipulate food, which we see, well, which I feel that we, we see a lot of today. And, you know, it's, it's hard because here at the club, I, I have a mix of talent. Some are older, and when I mean older, in their 40s, 50s, I have one gentleman that's been here 42 years. Wow. And then I have some, <laughs> yeah, he's actually the, uh, the longest employee uh, that the club has had, so... It's great to have him in our department because he's a wealth of knowledge for us. It's amazing. But, you know, trying to teach the younger chefs that are here or the younger cooks, you know, that everything doesn't have to go into a bag uh, to sous vide or, you know, that was my biggest challenge with them. And, right. you know, I, I think I, I know that they buy into my cooking method because all my cooking ideas and my beliefs and because they're out there and they, they're doing a great job. Yeah, you really focus on ingredients. And one of the things that you've, you've brought to the club, the bees. Tell oh, us yeah. a little bit about <laughs> the bees. So, um, yeah, it, it's funny because I was, I was talking to some chefs yesterday 
and they were saying, oh, you're the B-Chef. And I was like, the <laughs> there B-Chef? You go. There's a nickname for you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, they said, um, I was at a career fair, and they were saying, yeah, you're known as, as the B-Chef up here in New England. And I said, really? And uh, they said, yeah. But really, how it, it all began here at, at the club. Um, the club had beehives years ago. Um, when there was some transitions here with the chefs, they kind of went to the wayside, unfortunately. And when I came here, nobody knew how to take care of them. Oh, so the hives were, were there still active hives or were they just sitting stagnant? Well, one was active. There was two of them. One was active okay. and unfortunately one had, um, you know, died. Yeah. So, um, it came that unfortunately both of them now had, had died and we felt that it was best that we remove them from the property. Well, within removing them from the property, I kind of did a lot of thinking about it. And, and I had asked uh, the general manager at the time if, if I could take the equipment home and learn and, you know, understand what beekeeping is all about. And he said, sure. And so I did a few YouTube videos and tried to make it successful. That did not happen. Did and, you get stung? Oh, multiple times. Multiple <laughs> oh, no. times. Oh, no. But uh, what I actually, Joanne, what I actually did is I, I went to a uh, school for it. Oh, cool. And uh, What I, school? I, I joined, um, it's an uh, agricultural school up here in Massachusetts. Okay. And then I joined a bee club, and I did that for 10 weeks. And then uh, I brought beehives back here to the club. And wow. now we have uh, three hives that are thriving that have produced, uh, this past year, produced over 26 gallons of uh, raw honey. And it's just been, uh, it's been an awesome experience for everybody that's been involved in it. And, yeah, I mean, everybody here at the club is involved in it, which is, you know, really unique. Do you work with the, your, your cooks and your chefs, your culinary team, and the greens department? Or is, it just, is this just an F&B program? Oh, no. I, I involve anybody that wants to get involved um, gets involved. But for me to be successful at this, it's the grounds department that's involved. It's the building and maintenance department that's involved. Um, you know, and then it's, it's my food and beverage team here that's, that's also involved that helps me go out and inspect the hives and uh, harvest the honey. And, you know, so it's, it's really nice because all the departments here are involved. I mean, I have people from the accounting office getting set, you know, dressed in all the bee suits and coming outside and going through the hives with me. And it's, you know, we, we really try to make it a team building thing out there. (laughs) It's definitely a team building, um, you know, experience for who's ever involved. Yeah. What about the members? Are they active with it at all? When I say that they're not active, I don't mean that they don't support it or anything like that. We just really haven't brought any members out there yet. That is the plan for next year to get membership out there and see what we do, because we also have a garden out there that we do. And um, it would be really special for them to come out and just see some other programs that the club does that maybe some of them aren't educated on. So they may not be out there with the hives, but they're definitely enjoying the honey, yes? Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about how you use the honey. So it is used in all of our dining rooms. We do not need to purchase honey probably for about a half a year here at the club. 
um, nice. which is really nice from a financial part, you know, part. But we, it's, it's in, like I said, it's in all of our dining rooms. It's, it's served with breakfast and teas and things like that. And then the guys use it back here uh, in, the, in the kitchen for cheese boards or if we're cooking and making a glaze with something, we use that, honey. Uh, the bake shop uses it. So it's definitely used throughout the property, which is nice. Yeah, and you you mentioned that you're doing some interesting things with your honey, including like flavoring it, right? So we do flavor it. So okay. uh, we've made cinnamon honey, we've made chocolate honey. Uh, we're really experimenting with a lot uh, of different flavors or different sauces, uh, both sweet and savory. You know, a lot of times people just think of honey as uh, a sweet application. We're trying to make people understand that it can be used on both sides of the fence sweet or savory very interesting so what is your what is your takeaway which ones do you like the most so far well to be honest with you if you like pumpkin beer yeah and you uh put cinnamon sugar on the rim of the cup that you're going to drink the beer out of okay if you use cinnamon honey oh, it's phenomenal okay. interesting it's really good or uh chocolate honey mm. and instead of using chocolate syrup that's with the uh, the high fructose syrup, corn syrup in it, right? Uh, we would use uh, chocolate honey, okay, and put that on waffles. You can put it on ice cream. Nice. Yeah, and then we do uh, chili honey, and ah. you can do it on on braised pork belly or uh, barbecue chicken, and there's just so much that that you can do with it. I I don't think people realize that yet. Yeah, very cool. So what value does this bring to the club and to your culinary team? I think a sense of, of satisfaction to to the team where they can start a project or a program, be involved in the program, and then watch watch it all the way through. And knowing that it's successful at the end, it's kind of a, a self-rewarding, you know, feeling for yourself, knowing that you were involved in this and it's been successful here now for the last couple of years. I also know that, that they know that this means a lot to me. Yeah. Knowing that uh, we're able to produce vegetables and herbs and use them within our own culinary program. And now we're doing the, um, the honey and uh, the maple syrup as well. It's just, it, it's just a, a, a feeling of, satisfaction i guess yeah. you know and pride, i mean probably too you're proud of these ingredients you're but you're able to really cultivate from within this club absolutely absolutely yeah and the membership enjoys it you know when they see it out there on the tables and they know that it, it we're producing it in-house and it's it's true real food they you know they they like that they enjoy it so let's talk a little bit about some of your greatest accomplishments. You know, you're a certified master chef, which is a very rare designation and a very important one. Tell us a little bit about what you believe your greatest culinary accomplishments have been so far. By far, I would definitely say the certified master chef exam. That was more of a personal goal of mine. Uh, definitely professional, but more personal, especially the second time when I, when I needed to take it. Why so personal? Because I wanted it. You know, I, I wanted I wanted that certification, and I didn't want it for a, a pay increase. I didn't want it for the recognition or, or anything like that. I wanted to prove to myself that 
I was good enough to earn that certification. Now, there's a lot of great chefs out there, so I don't want this to make it sound like, you know, anybody without the certification is, is not at that level because there are a lot of great chefs out there, a lot of talented restaurant chefs out there um, that are very successful and entrepreneurs. And, you know, but for me, it was being involved in the club industry. For me to earn the certification was more personal than, um, you know, looking to boost my ego or or anything like that because it it was nothing like that for me it wasn't and so you actually took the exam twice you you failed the first time and then took it the second time so what was that experience like the second time yeah it was fun yeah it was fun (laughs) and um yeah i know that sounds crazy because it's such a long exam right it's Um, eight days right it's eight days it's uh, nine different baskets that you have to cook, and it's it seems like the days are continuous for, you know, nine or ten days, that they just keep flowing, and there's very little sleep. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of studying, a lot of menu writing, a lot of uh, preparing to go into the the kitchen and cook for those five hours. Um, it it was probably it was the best nine days of my of my life cooking but um i would say the second time that i took it i had fun and that's what separated me from definitely the first test to this test and i think it's what separated me from from other individuals too that were in my class that that took it and there was a lot of great chefs in my class but for me i think the evaluators knew that i was having a good time I enjoyed cooking my food. It showed. My food tasted good. Um, that was that was definitely the 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 biggest change be, between the the two tests. Yeah. So now you're years out from that. So how do you how do you deal with the pressure of continuing with that those certifications that that credential? So I I mean for us professionally we we constantly need to learn and. You know, we believe, you know, we're forever the student and we're continually learning. Um, I'm not afraid to admit, as well as, you know, other CMCs, we don't know everything. You know, there's a, there's days in here that I learn from my cooks, just the way how they're, you know, setting up a station or the way how they're cooking something because they, they read it somewhere and, and they want to see if it works for themselves. And, you know, but it is, um, there is expectations and sometimes it's it's stressful you know to to feel that people think that you know everything and it's okay if you don't know everything would you consider yourself like a lifetime learner absolutely absolutely you know i i enjoy learning um i enjoy learning things that uh, like now i'm i'm trying to expand my knowledge in wine and beer and spirits just because I know that that's a weakness of mine mm-hmm. but absolutely I'm I'm forever the student so what are you doing to to stay motivated how do you keep yourself ever looking forward and growing um I I think it's just a again I go back to that self-satisfaction knowing uh if I have a wine test coming up and studying knowing that I'm bettering myself where one day I'll be able to share what I know to others and knowing that the others that I'm talking with and, and teaching, you know, 
for instance, like my line cooks, knowing that they're getting better by from me just talking with them and and teaching them things that I know, uh, to me that's that's motivation enough, I guess. If if that's yeah, you know. So you're you're working on expanding your knowledge in spirits and and wine and beer. Tell us a little bit about what exactly you're doing. I started to take some classes. I am looking at the court of Saumonier to start taking some classes. Nice. Um, you know, and then simple things, Joanna. You know, a lot of people think, you know, that, that you need to go other places and, you know, to learn about wines. Sometimes the people that you work with are so knowledgeable about something, you just need to tap into them. So my beverage director, him and I meet every other week. He will bring wines into my office, so we'll go to the bar or, or the wine cellar. And he'll pull out a couple of bottles of wine. We'll taste them. We'll talk about them. You know, we'll discuss where they're from. And just that alone kind of just expands the knowledge that uh, that I have. Buying a magazine, you know, getting a monthly uh, subscription helps me. And definitely, you know, the iPad and YouTube. I have about an hour commute. So putting that on in the mornings and, and driving in. Oh instead of listening to a, a radio station, helps me out as well. Yeah. So what do you do in your downtime? <laughs> do you have downtime yeah. is maybe a better yeah. question. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, if, if I'm not doing something with the bees, I, I really enjoy the ocean. And uh, I have a boat. And if there's a day that I can get on the boat and just go out for a ride or fishing, that's, I, I enjoy that over the summertime. You know. Do you ever bring any of your catch back to the back to the club? We do, we do. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. And uh, if we do catch something, you know, we'll bring it back whole, and uh, we'll do a demonstration on breaking it down and uh, making sure that everybody tries it. And yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it's a whole big process. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. So what's next for you? What's what's next on the horizon? I'm not sure. To be honest with you, I am figuring it out. And I, I love what I do right now. I am I'm happy where yeah. I'm at. Um, my foundation is stable. You know, the, the, the people that I work with, I'm, I'm learning from, and they're making me a better person. I would, I would like to become a general manager, I think, in the future and be able to lead a, a large team of, of individuals and make a club, yeah. you know, successful, uh, whether it's a country club or a yacht club or something along a city club. Um, but I, I think that's yeah. the direction in the future. That's probably where I'll look to go. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll be watching every step of the way. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today, chef. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you having me and, uh, thank you again. For more podcasts, check out our site, www.clubandresortchef.com.